Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, I don't know about you, but this daylight savings time is killing me. I don't know why. Normally, it's okay. I'm okay, but man, I need my hour back. You know, I'm never okay, and I still don't understand why people have this stupid thing. Um, I'm from Hawaii, so we don't have it. And then, like, I was listening to this whole thing about, like, what has to be done for us to get off of it. It's like a huge bureaucracy thing. And, you know, other places don't have it either, like Indiana. And, and so I don't know why. Like, I'm totally messed up. I don't know. It messes me up because it's a it's an hour forward. It's no longer brunch. It's lunch on Sundays. It's killing me. It's just killing me. I'm telling you. I know. I had to eat like three times already and it's only what? I, like so early. Like I, you're right. Like I felt like my breakfast was really lunch. I had to buy some extra food to make sure that I had lunch taken care of. So weird. <laughs> All right. Speaking of food, welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast. This is the episode number 26 of our whole journey. Monica, we've got some fun things to recap and then just a couple, not too many events, just a couple things, but some, but some major things for, for especially people who like green, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I like purple, but I think you like green. So that's good. <laughs> especially for people who like green. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on with the recap. Uh, Monica, why don't you start off for us? All right, I'm going to start off with Current Bistro. So Current Bistro is a new restaurant in the brand new Sound Hotel downtown, and it's right next to Cinerama, so it's really easy to find. It's at 2124th Avenue. And Nelson, you and I got to go down there and try out some food. It was really delicious. I mean, there were a lot of like sleepers there, a lot of surprises. So uh, we, we tried a couple different flatbreads. One had like mama's mama little peppers and was a little spicy with some spicy salami on it. Uh, my favorite thing of the season, and I've been saying this around, is butternut squash on flatbread and pizzas. And so I'm just loving those flavors and those textures. And this flatbread had goat cheese and pickled currants. So I was just talking about that sleeper dish. That burger, Nelson, what about that burger? I think the whole theme of the entire current bistro experience was, in one in one word, was surprising. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's not a lot of hotel restaurants that that really wow me in Seattle. Mm-hmm. But this was this was really good and exceptional. And yes, speaking of that burger, the burger with spicy hatch chili relish and the smoked provolone is what did it. Mm-hmm. I thought at first when I tasted it, I, I asked the chef, was it brie? And he's like, no, it's smoked provolone. Mm-hmm. That burger just wowed me. I mean, just just floored me. I It was like perfect, juicy pink inside. It's a thick burger. You know me, we love burgers and I love burgers especially. And that one just kind of just blew my socks off. Yeah. I mean, you, you love burgers for sure. And I like a good burger. And so, you know, when I see a burger come out wherever we eat, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a burger. I'll try it out. Um, But yeah, this one was like totally blew me away. I'm just like, wow, check this out. I mean, they're not just making a burger. Like if I were them, I'd be advertising this burger. Like this is delicious. You know what else I liked, Monica? Mm-hmm. Beef tartare. Oh, Love yeah. the beef tartare with the cured yolk mm-hmm. on there with the with the egg yolk. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And then the, they also had a Northwest albacore with chicharron. Like I've never seen it. Who who pairs chicharron with with the albacore tuna? <laughs> I mean, that's genius. Yeah. Genius. It's, it's a beautiful crunch, right? So beautiful textures and flavors. And I just like chicharron. So. But that burger, mm. I 
I might I might come back this week for the burger <laughs> if I'm in that if I'm in that area. The Sound Hotel, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Current Bistro, it's an awesome restaurant. Mm-hmm. You guys got to go check it out. They're open now. Go check it out. It's it's a really definitely get that burger. I just have to. I can't say anything bad about it. It's just it's just so good. No, it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. All right, so Nelson, what do you got? Monica, we don't do many cooking classes together, but man, we had so much fun at Bell's Pastries. Jasmine Bell Smith is awesome. Of course, we've always talked about her and we got a chance to do her sweet and savory galette workshop. That was so much fun. What'd you think? I thought it was really fun. Um, So you're right. We don't take a lot of cooking classes together and I don't take a lot of cooking classes, uh, period, because, you know, I'm a home cook. Um, so it's not something that I'm, I'm always looking for, but it's something that I'm open to and I'm always looking for new techniques and ideas. And, uh, we saw some familiar faces there and that's always mm-hmm. nice, but I have to say, like, I'm really leery about making any kind of dough. Like it's not my strength. And so I was really worried about taking this class, but the thing about Jasmine is that she teaches in such an accessible way, makes you feel confident and, and really is very kind. I went home and like the day after made another one. Monica, what'd you make? I went home and, you know, just like Jasmine said, so the thing about making these galettes, so one is like the dough piece, right? And so again, that was like really intimidating um, for me. And like going through that piece in the beginning and like getting over that hurdle was huge. But pretty much the way she explained it is like, just use what you have in your house, like sweet or savory, like mix up different combinations. And it's just meant to be one of those things. And so when I went home, I'm just like, I really wanted to try out the dough again, just to make sure it wasn't like, you know, like, like a weird glitch or something. I'm just like, no, I think I can do this. So I just looked around and I had some extra apples. And so I made a smaller galette because I had less apples than I thought I did. But even like my son, Mr. Grumpy Teen, loved it and <laughs> how i know he loved it he's, he goes uh yeah it's pretty good so <laughs> so so paul is like really um he grades food the way that i do yeah it's pretty good so that actually means it's really good and that's all he's gonna say about it <laughs> you know what i love about jasmine is that first of all she's so vibrant mm-hmm. and it's, it's just so so much fun just learning from her but one of the things that really reverberated after this workshop is that she she mentioned that anyone can do this mm-hmm. right anyone can cook you don't have to be a master chef i mean you were master chef and i'm like chef junior <laughs> if you're talking <laughs> if we're talking about like levels because i'm not a baker mm-hmm. i don't do much baking mm-hmm. i i do a lot more grilling and, and a lot more cooking and terms of proteins and savory stuff mm-hmm. but jasmine it, it just reminded me of just just told me is like some of the best cooks is in these classes and they're just like kids or people of all ages and they're just anyone can cook of and like I said, the ingredients there in the classes, they're just basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Slicing up squash and eggplant. Some of the ingredients can be found at like a Trader Joe's yeah. that you can find and things like that. So it's it's not it's not complicated to cook and Jasmine makes it really, really comfortable and easy and for anyone to do this stuff. So it was so much fun. And like you said, we got to see some of our friends when 98107, our friend Wendy mm-hmm. was there. She was making stuff. We got to make a ratatouille galette. Mm-hmm. You and I did that. I was excited because uh, I love ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Not the movie. I mean, I love the movie, but I love the ratatouille, the dish. I love so. the movie. Anyone can cook. We just said that. Anyone can cook. Yes. <laughs> The table over next to us, to the left of us, made skinny dish pizza galette, which, you know, with pepperoni and goat cheese and olives. Perfect. <laughs> I was trying not French to hate on them because, honestly, they were doing an exceptional job. Oh, my God. They made the prettiest ones. <laughs> I was just like, they who are you? Ones. Like, your stuff is beautiful. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, they did a great job. It tasted great. 
there was also a French apple chai galette with vanilla creme anglaise. They mm -hmm. Jasmine showed us how to make a creme anglaise, which was really easy. And this was my favorite. And Wendy did this one. Wendy and her friend did this one. The Nutella and mixed berry galette. Mm -hmm. Oh, with blackberries and raspberries. It was perfect. Oh, so good. And with Nutella. Oh, so good. That was really so, good. So, so good. You can't go wrong with Nutella. And yeah, they did a really great job. And that's the thing. Like it was a cooking class where everybody did a great job and everything tasted just great. I mean, that doesn't yeah. always happen. And I think that really speaks to the way the class is arranged and the way that Jasmine teaches. Yeah. And also the enthusiasm that people have, you know, again, coming with their self-confidence to the class. My galette did not look like the most perfect galette, but it, it tasted tasted just as good. So I was just, I was happy. Yes, very happy with it, it tasted very good and it looked like a calzone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It was cute though. That's what that's a, that's the wrong thing, listeners. It wasn't a calzone class. It was a collect class. But we made it work. We made it work. All right. Well, I just want to let people know that this week Jasmine still has classes available and on 313 there's a beginner and intermediate pastels and floral cupcake decorating workshop. It's at Goose Ridge Winery out in Woodenville. Oh, wow. And then also on 314, the macaron class at La Rev, there's also availability as well hmm. in that class and i believe i was looking on their website that both those classes are on sale because it's this week and then if you want to think about for future classes down the road all of our classes are sold out until april so on april 4th there's a macaron another macaron class and for easter for kids and beginners on 417 there's a beginner easter cookie decorating class hmm. that sounds like a lot of fun yeah, it absolutely sounds like fun. And you know, I love to decorate cookies with you, Nelson. So maybe we should go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Always making a competition. <laughs> Monica, it's not a competition. Competition makes us stronger. It makes us better photographers and better artists. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to win. That's all. I, I, do like <laughs> I do like to win. I do like to win. I do like to win. All Monica does is win, win, That's win, no right. matter what. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Monica, you took us to Edmonds because we were in Edmonds for a little mm -hmm. bit. This place, you 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 always tell me, oh, this place is so good. Yeah. I've never eaten anything bad mm -hmm. made by these guys. Yep. Tell us about the market fishmonger and eatery. I will. So if you guys really know me, then you know that I'm never like 100% all in on a business, especially like if I go, you know, if I've been there like four or five different times and eaten like 10 dishes or so. But what Nelson says is true. At the market fishmonger and eatery in Edmonds, it's on 508 Main Street in Edmonds. I've never had a bad dish there. And that goes for anything that I've ordered or anything that the chef, Chef Hans, has picked out for me. And so I wanted to prove it to Nelson since we're up in the neighborhood. I'm just like, okay, well, let's go rearrange my schedule. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Nelson doesn't live very close. And so I was excited to be able to take him down to my parts of the hood. And so we had oysters from Taylor Shellfish and we had some some regular size Shigokus and Kumamotos. But then there were like these really huge Virginicas that were the size of the palm of my hand. Um, they were they were huge, huge. What are those? <laughs> uh, so, so those were the, from the raw bar. Um, and then we were also previewing two dishes that dropped today on the regular menu. So these two dishes you can now get for a limited time from the Market Fishmonger and Eatery. The first was a shrimp local mocha. And when I 
first heard this, I kind of, I kind of just suspended judgment and said, okay, I'll just wait till I taste it. A shrimp patty, this shrimp patty was shrimp and just some binders in it. But really that shrimp flavor came through as like a, like a, you know, like you would have in a locomoco with a hamburger patty and a perfectly cooked perfectly cooked eggs and pickled cucumbers. It was just, I don't know about you, Nelson, but I just couldn't stop eating it. And again, mad that I had to share with you, but but it was delicious. Yeah, it had a demi-glass on it mm-hmm. too, right? I believe. Yeah. yeah. The Chef Han, amazing. That shrimp loco moco. You even asked him, like, what's what are you used for binders? Mm-hmm. And all he said was shrimp and panko crust. Yeah. And that's all. <laughs> that's it. That's all I used yeah. in that patty. I mean, it, so amazing. It was so good. I loved it. But I, what I really loved was the Szechuan cauliflower rice bowl. Right. I mean, I know it's it's market fishmonger, right? Mm-hmm. So we're expecting seafood, but this vegetarian dish with jasmine rice and the cauliflower. I mean, you even, when you took a bite of it, mm-hmm. I mean, it had a kick to it yeah. because from the Szechuan pepper, <laughs> yes. from the Szechuan pepper sauce and the peanuts and the chili flakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, th- I think that was, that was really, really exceptional. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to go back because those fish and chips, the size of my <laughs> forearm, I mean, they're huge. I mean, yeah, we, there was a there was a couple that ordered by us, and I mean it was a two piece mm-hmm. fish and chips. That thing probably fed four people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not joking you. Totally, so. totally. So a couple of things that you guys need to know. So first of all, inside there's just really small seating. Like you might be able to fit ten people in there. It's super crowded. They sell a, a really wide selection of locally made goods. So be sure to check that out while you're waiting for your food. They mm-hmm. did last month open up an expanded outdoor patio. So as you know, it's still cold. So they do have some propane heaters out there and the weather's a little iffy with the rain but um you know i i often go out there to shoot pictures and if it's not too cold i'll eat there as well um so they have some regular menus items and some rotating ones and i've known chef hans for a number of years and i really think he's highly underrated like the way that he mixes flavors from his experience lived experience and professional experience is just completely it just i i can't even say enough about his food i've been eating his food for years you guys got to check it out it's on main street in edmonds monica also edmonds is booming yeah it is it used to be i thought i thought edmonds used to be an old town <laughs> where you just take catch the ferry across like the kinston ferry but man there's there's a lot of hip restaurants and eateries opening up there yeah there's a lot going on in edmonds and we can probably at some point you know, down the road doing Edmonds focus, but there's a lot happening and a lot of it's really exciting. Speaking of Edmonds, one of the main reasons why I went all the way from Issaquah to Edmonds <laughs> to meet up with Monica is to visit the really popular right now, mm-hmm. Milky Milky Dessert Cafe on Highway 99. Monica, we got to hang out with our friend, the Otter Eats mm-hmm. and Robert one more, and we got a chance to try out their Bingsu amongst other things. What'd you think? You know, I never know how any type of ice desserts are going to go. You know, I'm from Hawaii, and so I have a certain uh, Hawaiian shave ice that I like. But it's not the only kind of ice desserts that I like. And so I have to say, I was kind of looking forward to the bingsu, and I wasn't disappointed. Um, The ice was so fluffy, and the fact that they use fresh berries and fresh fruit in all of their um, desserts. I mean, it, it was delicious. And then, you know, I'm used to condensed milk and that's okay. Like I'm lactose intolerant. I love condensed milk, but they had this really refreshing yogurt syrup that went really well with the strawberry bingsu that we had. Um, what did you yeah. think about it? Oh, the fresh strawberry bingsu was so good. I, I kept telling the owner, this reminded me of Solon beans out in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and Koreatown where, where I had it. 
I mean, it was the similar texture. And this one was actually even better because the berries were actually more fresh. Mm -hmm. The the one at Sullen Beans was, it wasn't in season, I guess. This was really, really good. And we also had some other things too, like the green tea in Jomi toast, mm -hmm. as well as a marshmallow waffle with chocolate sauce. Mm -hmm. So they just don't serve Bingsu. They have other stuff like the toast and waffles too, as well. And savory waffles too. Um, I saw in the display case, oh. but man, the Bingsu, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan and I, I loved it. We, we got the chance to hang out with Ivy, the owner, mm -hmm. and she was telling us that she went through several places in LA and Vancouver just to research Bingsu mm -hmm. so she can make it her way and what she likes. And I think it's a hit. I mean, out in Edmonds, it's, you guys got to make it up there. Yeah, absolutely. And also like we were just talking about the fresh strawberries, um, Ivy actually like handpicks the fruit herself. And, and if it's like not good enough, then it's not good enough. Um, she was talking about some mangoes that she had that, you know, were not sweet enough. And so like she picks all that stuff out herself because she wants it to be a certain quality. And that's just amazing to me. Go check it out, guys. Highway 99 Edmonds, Milky Milky Dessert Cafe. Monica, how about a place in Ballard? You're talking, we were talking about seafood a little bit. Mm -hmm. How about some scallops? Okay. So scallops. So I'm I'm what I refer to as scallop picky. I love scallops a lot, but I won't eat them very many places because they're often not cooked properly. One of the <laughs> one of the places I get scallops from is every year I wait for a seafood fest in Ballard. And so it's a street food festival. It's like in July, and then I wait to see Alaska weather vane scallops. They always have a huge area to cover and they're always making like a scallop recipe, and the line is always around the block for them. So now I don't have to wait for seafood fest because they just opened up a food truck that I start I tried out today. So it's the same recipes that I fell in love with over the years. And so what I had today, if you look at my Instagram story, is I had some seared scallops over rice pilaf with marsala sauce. And it's a really good portion and they do it right. I don't know, Nelson, are you a scallop fan? Oh, I love scallops, scallops? especially the big like juicy mm -hmm. weather vane scallops. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Um, so these are seared on the outside, just a little caramelized and they're tender on the inside. And it's, it's super delicious. And one of the things I love about this company is this company actually is a marketing company that is basically all about like three scallop producers. And so these are actually the, the people who go and get the scallops. <laughs> and so I kind of like that, like they're owned by the fishermen, basically. And that's probably why like they know how to handle them because they handle them from start to finish. And, and so I, I'm kind of in love with this company and was really glad to see them today. And I think I'm going to be eating there a lot. Perfect. I can't wait next time in Ballard to check it out. I can't wait. Yeah. So they have a food truck. So it's probably going to be rotating around. I actually saw that they're the T-Mobile Park has this new food truck pod, and so that's probably the hottest pod right now. So I saw that they had a couple of dates there. So just check social media for, for them around Seattle and maybe even the east side, Nelson. Even better. Even better for me. <laughs> yeah, even better for you. All right. Well, that's pretty much our recap. We have just a couple events. As I mentioned, there's a big day coming up this week, but let's start off with one day that's on the weekday. Monica, dust off your Texas instrument graphing calculators. You know why? <laughs> why? 314 March 14th is pie day. I I'm, I'm so excited for this. I mean like I mean pie like 3.14159263589732828462624338327902790. I'm out of breath. That's as that's as far as I can go for pie. <laughs> I'm sure this is totally increasing our listenership. <laughs> <laughs> Got to increase the demographics. <laughs> so, 
March 14th is obviously pie day. There are a lot of pie places in Seattle, but, and they have specials, I'm sure. So go and check their Instagram pages. But here are some of my favorite places to grab a slice around Seattle. Slab sandwiches and pie. They serve not only just sweet pies, but they also serve savory meat pies too as well. Mm. Pie bar, which is also in Ballard and Capitol Hill. Alamote pies. We've talked about them before. Pie in Fremont. We've had them. Dahlia's Bakery has the infamous coconut cream pie everybody knows about. Snohomish Pie Company. My favorite key lime pie I get is actually all the way out in Auburn, which is called Dash of Salt Bakery. You guys should check out Dash of Salt Bakery. And of course, if you're a Twin Peaks fan, you guys got to go to the Mars Tea Cafe out in Snow Palmy <laughs> to get the cherry pie. I mean, if Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin from Twin Peaks loves it, it's got to be good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I some of those I haven't been to, so thanks so much. Like Dasso Salt Bakery, I've never been there, and I love key lime pie. Oh, so their key lime tip. pie is the best. It's like a mixture of a key lime pie and cheesecake, and it's uh-huh. it is delicious, delicious. <laughs> Gotta get it. All right, All right, pie day, pie day. Now, from pie to grilled cheese, Monica, tell us about grilled cheese. From pie to grilled cheese. So on Saturday. March 16th, it's free grilled cheese day. And so we get these free grilled cheeses from Seattle Sourdough Baking Company. So they have a food truck and they're rolling up to ounces in West Seattle. And that's going to be at 3809 Delridge Way Southwest. So from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., the truck will be there and they'll be giving out free grilled cheese sandwiches. And a perfect grilled cheese to me starts with sourdough. And so it's the right bread too. I love grilled cheese. And they're giving out free grilled cheese sandwiches, right? They're yep. free. That's right. They're free. Like no no frills, nothing like that, or just no, no gimmicks. All right. I'm yeah. in. Sign me up. But you can use that the rest of the money on, you know, beer. Because <laughs> grilled cheese and beer. That grilled sounds good. Cheese and too. Beer. <laughs> Speaking of beer, here's the main yeah. one. St. Patty's Day. Monica, do you do any St. Patty's Day plans? You know, not a whole lot. I am a, like a corned beef. Yeah. Lover, so I have to have a lot of corned beef. So whenever it's on sale, I just buy it up and stock it up in the freezer. Yeah, like 10 pounds um, of it, sure. right? 10 pounds of corned yes. beef. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because that stuff is expensive all year round. But if you buy it around St. Patrick's Day, like that's a reasonable price. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I usually, you know, from time to time, cook up a 10 pound corned beef mm-hmm. roast and, you know, eat it by myself. It's, it's totally, it's my favorite pastime. I love, I love corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for a Patrick's Day celebration, you got to check out your lo- local restaurants, pubs, and also on social media. There's tons of neighborhood mm-hmm. events. But Monica, tell us what Pike Brewing Company is doing. You know, Pike Brewing Company is always brewing something up. See what I did there? Ah, I see what you did. I see, I see you. I see you. <laughs> so they have three new brews for St. Patrick's Day, but I'm going to be talking about one today. And the one I'm going to be talking about is Pike Green Jacket IPA. It's a collaboration with Flatstick Pub. So you can get this draft uh, starting on March 15th at Pike and Flatstick locations. That's the first uh, time they're going to tap the kegs. And on St. Patrick's Day at the Pike Brewing Company, the Elliott Bay Pipe Band will be performing traditional and contemporary Celtic music. And so that's always, you know, a great thing for St. Patrick's Day um, to get into the vibe and and to hear the bagpipes and to really get into just the holiday. Um, But that's not all. Like Pike has this whole lineup of events. So on March 27th, they're going to be kicking off parties for their brews at all three flat sick pub locations. And you can actually win some pretty great prizes by playing Beat the Brewer. 
on games like duffel board, stick putt challenge, and the ball jockey competition. And, and so that's a great way to get involved with some of the games to actually meet some of the people of the Pike Brew Crew. And then finally, a last event is on April 14th, and that's the annual fifth annual Flat Stick Masters. And so this is all about putt putt golf. Uh, do you like putt putt golf, Nelson? Oh yeah, I yeah. love putt putt golf. Flat stick is like one of the hardest courses I've ever played. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it because you're drinking beer when you're doing it? <laughs> yes, yes. I did. A, I did a day night at the Kirkland location. Yeah. Man, I I thought. I play golf. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I love playing mini golf. That was just a humbling experience. I was mean, it? Just, yeah. I mean, I think my date beat me by like 10 strokes. It was not, it was not pretty, not pretty for oh, me. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not much of a real golfer, real life golfer. In fact, I'm pretty terrible at it. Um, but putt-putt, I do okay. And so you can compete with other putt-putt golfers to win the flat stick green jacket. And with that, you get half off beers for life. So there's this whole tournament that they're running. So what I really love about Pike is that they're starting with this concept about St. Patrick's Day and sort of just leading into an entire campaign and a whole bunch of fun stuff for people to participate in over the next couple weeks st patrick's day is on a sunday correct Mm -hmm. everybody just as just a general reminder please drink responsibly Mm -hmm. check out your other places i'm sure places like elysian are doing Mm -hmm. probably a green beer special as well as your your local pubs and bars as well go out there and check it out and again please drink responsibly all right monica that's pretty much all of our events let's go ahead and get into the interview so this week's interview is with gormando founder Alyssa lanenin from a tiny small cafe in pike place market in 1996 gormando is now one of seattle's successful and fastest growing food companies providing full service catering events box lunches buffet catered meetings and more monica we got a chance to visit them and their headquarters and we talked about them i think last month they're an awesome company and they'd make really great food food for box lunches and meetings. Gourmando also makes an emphasis on giving back to the community, as you'll hear in our interview with Alyssa Lanenin. Hey, Seattle, we are here in Cloverdale, and we are at the Gourmando headquarters, and we're sitting down with Alyssa Lanenin, who is the founder and CEO of Gourmando. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. I appreciate you being down here. We don't get a lot of visitors down here, so this is exciting for us. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We're excited to be here. And you guys, you can't see this, but we're looking at such beautiful, just scrumptious looking food. I don't know how we're going to get through this interview uh, without getting hungry. I mean, I'm kind of hungry already. This presentation is spectacular. (laughs) We just visited the headquarters and got a a tour of your entire factory. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know, personally, I love looking at the behind the scenes mm-hmm. and how everything is done right. and you guys have pretty well-oiled machine here <laughs> i appreciate that thank you yeah. no, i really do and you have a lot of employees under you which is fantastic. we do we have just about 300 employees wow so, 300 yeah, okay yeah great yeah. team really 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 impressed with the team yeah so let's go ahead and start how did how did gourmandos originate like Tell us a little bit about the story of behind Gourmandos. Oh, that's a fun one. All right. So I had been in food since I was 14. I started as a dishwasher and sort of worked my way up in different kitchens in the city. I worked in um, at Settebello, at Sostanza, at Streza, and really kind of moved into the front of the house and did a little bit of floor managing. And, and I always loved the business of food. Um, I was also pretty clear, though, that I was not a culinary force. I think mm. that, you know, it's it's like fine art. You can go to art school. It doesn't mean you're going to be a Picasso, but I certainly loved the business of food. 
So I ended up getting a business degree at the University of Washington, and I wanted to come back to food. But I wasn't sure how to do it where I could kind of create a little bit of a balanced life and not mm -hmm. lose a lot of nights and weekends. Um, I also knew I wanted to be a parent, so I wanted to have some flexibility. So I had I decided to open uh, just a small little cafe. And actually, at the time, it was 22 years ago, and I actually thought there was an opportunity for a dinner delivery. So mm -hmm. I, was, uh, I had put together this whole business plan, and I had a couple of great friends of mine that also came in. So the three of us started Gourmando, and I... The investment was $4,000, I refinanced my car, and then I you know, promptly maxed out my credit card of $5,000, and Gourmando was born. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm never gonna get out of this debt. You know, I was a little nervous, but I thought, okay, we've got a business plan, we've got this. And then we had the first day we opened for business, and sales were $36. Yeah. But the problem was 24 of it was my mother. Oh, so <laughs> it count. It was really like 12 bucks. So, so I remember thinking, oh boy, I don't, I don't know that we're gonna. This ship is gonna sail anywhere. But I, you know, the the beauty and the value of actually starting small and starting in the market is that is such an incredible community and network. So we were able to get really nice little lines of credit and trade with some of the really beautiful vendors there. Pure Food Fish Market was wonderful to us. Le Panier Bakery. Mm -hmm. Extended us a line of credit, and you know, 22 years later, I'm buying thousands of baguettes from them, you know, every month, um, and that's what the majority of our box lunches are. All of our sandwiches are are, are made of the, that bread. And I, I personally think it's really the most outstanding bread in the city. So, really making sure that we honor those relationships still to this day. Um, De Laurenti was wonderful to us, Louis De Laurenti, and so it really kind of helped us just get a little bit of a foundation and a little bit of a runway, so we could kind of build up you know, a little by little. One of the things that was really important to me, and I, obviously I mentioned this when I, when I started the company, was I wanted to have flexibility. You know, I, I wanted to feel like, you know, um, I could pick up my kids from school. And um, I also believe that, you know, as, a, as an owner, um, I felt I had an obligation to create, to share those values with my employees. Of course, I had no employees at the time. <laughs> my vision was when I had employees, I wanted to share my values. And so one of the principles that we built Ormondo on, and you can see in the production facility today, is that we do everything early in the morning. We produce for, you know, we'll feed three to 5,000 people a day. But these teams are done by 1.30 and 2 in the afternoon because I want them to be able to pick up their kids. I want them to be home. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've got you know, team members that have worked for me for 15, 16 years. Um, I think it's really important that we emulate what we find valuable. And um, so for me, I think that's that's been really important as I've grown the company. Um, so that's how I started the business. <laughs> yeah. I, I think just now and as we walked around, um, it's really clear that relationships are important to you and mm -hmm. um, just the way that you talk about your workers and the things that we saw in Nelson, oh, yeah. like, you know, the balloons and people smiling <laughs> and, you know, um, while they're working and just chatting a little bit. Um, so really, really great to see. Thank you. I do think it's really important because, you know, one thing I have found is money comes and goes. I mean, I've literally taken the company on the verge of bankruptcy twice now just as I've tried to grow it. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you, you know, you don't get it right. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think, what, at least for me, what keeps me getting up in the morning is, do I believe in what I'm doing, and do I care about these teams, and you know, do am I passionate about it? Because when the money's not there, that's got to drive you. Mm -hmm. And it's another reason why we shut the company down between 10.15 and 10.45. Mm -hmm. Everybody eats together. Mm -hmm. I want those relationships. And I think it's, it's really important if you're going to sustain a business. 
that um, there's that investment within the culture. You mentioned at the beginning you worked with several places in the Pike Place area. Mm -hmm. Was that designed? You know, originally it was just organic because we opened, my, my little cafe was on the backside mm -hmm. of the Pike Place market. It was just over 400 square okay. feet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's where all the action was for us. And, you know, we were obviously with $36 in sales. We were not buying a lot of products. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we, we creatively worked with different vendors up in the market, and they were really helpful for us. And, you know, we still, we get a lot of our spices still from World Spice Merchants. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of custom blending for us. So I think relationships matter. Mm -hmm. And we've been fortunate to, to have really, really strong, great mm -hmm. vendors that we collaborate with. Yeah, I think one of the things that's really valuable is, like you mentioned, some of your partners. And I can say, like, I knew about your company before we came mm -hmm. here. And obviously, you know, I work for an office downtown, so it's not like we don't use sure. um, caterers and bus <laughs> lunches, things like that. But I think... That's a story that's never been told to me as a consumer of your goods. And so, like, that's really striking me as something that people don't know, that you use, you know, La Pina bread, and right. you have all these existing relationships that were built early on or new ones. But, mm -hmm. but like, who's behind Golano? Oh, I appreciate product, that. Right? Yeah. We're looking at so many different things. I'm wondering, um, we already said, you know, I, I knew about the box lunches mm -hmm. and catering, mm -hmm. but um, I heard you mention some things earlier about your business lines. Why don't you tell us all that you guys do? Oh, sure, sure. Well, um, we have, we've got a, a large box lunch program, and we started that uh, just after about the first six or seven months of owning Gourmando. Mm -hmm. It was clear we were going to need a couple more revenue streams. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> box lunches was really new to the city. I mean, there just mm -hmm. wasn't that many people who were doing it. And so we, um, we started a little program. Of course, it was just in a bag, but we developed it and grew it. And so that's a robust part of the business now. And then um, we also um, opened up to catering. Um, and we've expanded that quite a bit. And I would say really in the last three years, we've made a really, really big investment in the catering program. As I've grown, I think the most important asset that I can invest in is talent. Mm -hmm. So every time we grow, I try to bring in more and more really high-level talent. And when you've got you know, just this army of talent, what they can do is extraordinary. And so I'm really excited about the catering program. It's really sophisticated. And we've got, you know, we've got award-winning chefs in here mm -hmm. that are just doing beautiful work. And it's interesting because most people think of us as, oh, you know, the sandwich company. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think they recognize the talent that we have mm -hmm. and, and just sort of the different robust lines that we offer. So we do a lot of formal catering, a lot of sit-down dinners, a lot of custom work. Uh, we also own and operate 10 cafes, and mm -hmm. we do that in partnership with different corporations. So we have a really nice partnership with Amazon, and mm -hmm. we um, operate a few cafes on their South Lake Union campus. Uh, we also do it for some uh, software firms, biotech, and um, really, really enjoy that aspect of the business. And there's nice synergies because when we open a cafe with a corporate partner, it allows us to, to not only kind of provide an amenity for their employees, but then also really gives us opportunity if they need catering or box lunches. So, so it really marries well. And I think that I have found in the last 10 years that people are experiencing lunch a little bit differently. If you think about 10, 15 years ago, you would go and have like a one to two hour working lunch or go out into the town and, and have a nice long lunch. But I do believe that, you know, you have so many working families and people want to get home. And so what I'm seeing is that lunch hour has really been condensed. Mm -hmm. So I believe where we can add value is if we can just offer a really, really quality product at a very affordable price, then we can, we can honor that need. Mm -hmm. And so we literally in our cafes truly have 
products that were designed to grab and eat as you go back to your desk in some cases, because I do think it's important to to be able to get home as soon as you can. If so you, that's what we do. If you work in the greater Seattle area, you're you're probably familiar with the Gourmando lunch boxes mm -hmm. that, that come in there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I have my brother and sister-in-law. They have brought back box lunches to, to my house. Oh, good, <laughs> from, oh, good. Oh, from, that's from great, having, that's great. From having great. meetings, and then, and then it, Gourmando is usually catered by them, so they oh, bring back it. the lunches. And what I like, and as you as you mentioned, when you know when my dad was working, um, he's now retired, but they used to have these long lunches. Mm -hmm. But I, the box lunches in the past used to be really plain, like, mm -hmm. right, like a right. ham and cheese sandwich mm -hmm. and right. a cookie, yep. and that's that's about it. Right, maybe right. like maybe vegetable sticks or something. Right, like that. No, right, it was right, the right. underripe apple. Or oh, the underripe oh, apple. <laughs> those are tough. <laughs> those are tough. Yeah, apple. yeah. Those are tough. little tiny school boys. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like yeah. how do they yeah. how do they yeah. get off season? Fruit in this right. thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's quite extraordinary. So now, when you open up a Gourmando box lunch, it's like you have this amazing array of food and variety, and it's it's got high quality in it. I have too. to tell you, that means a ton to me. That really does, and I think you know. I know that there's nothing glamorous about box lunches, but it's really important to me that when you open those box lunches that we're paying attention to the details for you. And mm -hmm. I think I told you, you know, mm -hmm. even in our little, you know, silverware packets, you know, we bring in small mints from Italy. So mm -hmm. you have Italian mints. Yeah. The butter pats that go with the rolls, those are Pelugra butter, one of the finest butters that you can get. And we really try to make sure that we're being thoughtful mm -hmm. about the details. All the little um, brownie bunt cakes that are in there, those are those are baked by my original business partner from 22 years ago. She has a tiny little kitchen in her house, commercial kitchen, and um, you know she makes 10,000 a month for us. Oh my and gosh! And they're beautiful. So, See, we yeah. don't. We wouldn't. <laughs> back in the day, we wouldn't get chocolate right, right, cakes. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. So, but thank you. Appreciate that. What are some exciting food concepts Gourmando has for the coming year? I'll tell you what, you know, I'm a fourth generation Seattleite, so I've really watched this city develop and grow, and I take a lot of pride in this community. And one thing that I've really been excited about as this city has grown is to see it become such an international scene. And so what we're really paying attention to is recognizing that, you know, there's all these beautiful international cuisines, and we're seeing them in the food trucks, and we're seeing this really fabulous international street food. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm excited about. So what we really want to do is honor the fact that this is an international community now and take a look at some of those, you know, really great, almost sort of international comfort foods mm -hmm. through these street food and you see it in the like I said in at the at the food trucks mm -hmm. we're bringing that in and we're looking at how do we refine that mm -hmm. you know how do we elevate that a little bit so that we can honor those you know really really nice comfort foods from different cultures mm -hmm. and some of these really interesting hip street foods and just you know, bring them into our mix. So we do like a beautiful chicken banh mi box lunch, which oh, wow. is really nice. And we have a really, really beautiful um, marinated pork belly rice bowl. So really trying to honor different cultures than within our own community, um, I think is important. And it's exciting. The teams love it. I mean, they're on a quest for the best ramen in the city right now. You know, <laughs> the president and the executive yeah. chef, and they're all, they're always comparing notes. Yeah. So I, I'm excited about that. This is a yeah. really fun city to mm -hmm. be in. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of innovation, there's a lot of creativity, and there's in incredible talent. Mm -hmm. We're very, very fortunate. Mm -hmm. In the past, food has used to evolve where there wasn't such things as gluten-free oh, or that's true. being vegetarian right. and right. other dietary right. options. Right. How have you guys had to change? That's a great question. And, you know, I think 
you know, ironically, I am a big red meat person myself. <laughs> and so, you know, as we've seen these different, you know, not only dietary restrictions or issues or concerns coming up, and then also just, you know, people's tastes are changing. We, the customer is, is always the priority. You want to hear them, Absolutely. you want to respect them, and you want to honor them. And so it's been really important to both myself and to the teams that we hear them. You'll find I have over 40 box lunches in the lineup. Almost all of those can be interchangeable mm -hmm. to support different dietary needs. Mm -hmm. And we have a strong line of vegan, we have a strong line of gluten-free, and it's throughout the buffet menus, the catering menus, the box lunch menus. I think <clears throat> we really do need to embrace that and recognize that and, and work hard to put together you know, the best products we can. Another thing we did, I opened about four years ago, is our own in-house bakery. Because I think having your own in-house bakery also allows you some more flexibility in creating accommodations mm -hmm. with, you know, different vegan and gluten-free desserts and, and just really making sure that we are respecting and, and, and meeting those needs. They're real. And I have, you know, I, I think it's important. Mm -hmm. oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, we've heard you talk a lot about relationships and mm -hmm. about um, your workers. There's this other concept of giving, and we yes. want to talk a little bit about what giving means to Gromando and how you bring that concept to life. Well, I appreciate you asking that question. Uh, I think for me, giving, it's got to be aligned with your standards and your values. I, I think that f when we give, it's not about, hey, we're doing ACLU this month, you know, we're all the, one of the things I do admire in this city is that people get behind a cause. They get behind a, a, a force. And about just over a year ago, there was a lot of support of the ACLU mm -hmm. and a lot of us in the food community were donating. But what I like to do is I like to really continue to make those investments. And we do it quietly and we do it methodically. Mm -hmm. So we invest every month to the ACLU from one of our top selling box lunches, and that's the roast turkey box lunch. And that, you know, I think it's important to, you know, protect the rights of all citizens mm -hmm. and all Americans. And so just being able to, to support them quietly is important to me on an ongoing basis. It's the same with youth care. We're very involved with youth care. I actually, you know, we feed their youth every week. Mm -hmm. We provide them dinner once a week. Uh, we also provide uh, job opportunities for the youth who come through the youth care program. They have a really fabulous barista program. Once they've graduated, we often bring them into our cafes and give them an opportunity. We have apprenticeships in our bakery to help give them more skills. I think I'm very invested in youth causes because I do believe that when you can kind of wrap your hands around and support young people, they're very malleable. Mm -hmm. and, and it's amazing how much you can make a difference and really affect them when they're when they're young. Mm -hmm. And we also partner with lunchdebt.org, which is a, another, I think, very important cause, which we're in the business of lunch, we're in the business of food. And what lunchdebt.org does is they, there's, as we all know, there's a number of children that are underprivileged and can't afford their school lunches. Mm -hmm. And so in the past, and, and I've seen this um, in, in the schools that my kids have gone to, uh, kids who can't afford their lunch will often get a stamp, like you owe money, yeah. or a bracelet, or they'll get a smaller meal. And mm -hmm. it's a really humbling and humiliating mm -hmm. experience. So we have a box lunch called the Giving Box. And you know, percentage of those proceeds go towards lunchdebt.org mm -hmm. every month to help pay and finance mm -hmm. the lunches for kids who, you know, who, who might not be able to afford mm -hmm. it. So I think, for me, it's about consistent and ongoing support. And it's not just a one-off, and it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. So if we're gonna invest in youth care, not only are we going to 
you know, um, give them, you know, monthly donations, mm -hmm. but we're also going to collaborate with their kids. We're mm -hmm. also going to feed them. Um, we do a lot of work with the Second Chance Camp. That's right. Uh, mm -hmm. but I think it's really important to be involved in your own neighborhood yeah. and in the South Park Senior Center. Mm -hmm. But we've probably donated over $50,000 worth of product mm -hmm. to the Second Chance mm -hmm. Camp up there. And they're, you know, and the Union Gospel Mission we mm -hmm. do a lot of work with. I'm really passionate about immigrant rights. My, you know, my great-grandfather came here with, you know, from Italy and was the Italian doctor in town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, <coughs> so I have a ton of respect for people who come and travel from faraway places to, to, to find a better life. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we partnered with the um, Chefs Together mm -hmm. um, event just a couple months ago in November. Mm -hmm. We were the top donor with over $7,000 donated. Wow. You know? And I think it's really, I think mm -hmm. it's important because I have, you know, in, in the food community, there's a, there's a large population of immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to honor and respect all of our workers mm -hmm. and make sure that their voices are heard and mm -hmm. that they feel supported. On a personal level, I've set up at Gourmando a uh, private fund for all of my employees. Mm -hmm. If they have issues around immigration and concern, mm -hmm. they have legal representation mm -hmm. provided by Gourmando to have questions answered. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think it, you have to build it from within mm -hmm. and you have to emulate it outward. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I, mm -hmm. I didn't realize how many charities you're involved with. That's Gormandos just a few. And, I know. <laughs> I just, yeah. You know, we're also really, you know, public news broadcasting, mm -hmm. KOW. Mm -hmm. uh, and Fred Hutch, mm -hmm. our chefs are jumping up in the lineup with some mm -hmm. of the guest chef events mm -hmm. throughout the city. I, I have, we just calculated, we've, we donated over $100,000 last year to different causes. Yeah, so I'm that's really amazing. passionate about just it. Absolutely Thank amazing. you. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate what you're saying about um, giving for consistency and you're not giving, you know, for publicity. We don't. For, Nobody and, knows. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But for me, as someone who's making the decision about how I spend money every day, to me, it would really matter mm. to know. Uh, I. I like corporate responsibility mm -hmm. in, in corporations that are engaged in community, that right. are, have connections. And that's not saying that I don't spend my money at, you know, all kinds of right, places. Right, I do. Right. But if it comes down to it, if I know that you are an invested member in this community mm -hmm. and that you are doing these things day to day, like that matters to me oh. in terms of where I spend my money. Right. And so I still think that's a really important story to tell. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, we see press releases, all kinds of right, things that, right. that people are doing. That's not why you're doing it. Right. But still, I think that would impact some people's decision if they were looking at multiple you know, options that that might weigh in about how they're intentionally spending their money. I appreciate you saying that. And I think for me, just personally, I've, I've had some conflict around that because yeah. I want it to be very authentic and genuine. And I, we do it because we believe it's the right thing to do mm -hmm. and it's who we are. But I also, I can recognize that I know for myself when I hear about mm -hmm. different corporations that are really focused on sort of embettering their community, mm -hmm. I'm on board. Mm -hmm. So I have to wrap my mind around how we, yeah. <laughs> how we balance that. So thank you. Well, I think we're going to end our conversation soon, but because we're a foodie podcast, mm -hmm. we always ask every interviewee this question. Where are we eating? <laughs> oh, you're, oh boy, this so, is a fun one. Yeah. Your favorite restaurants? <laughs> you bet, or you bet, you eateries, bet. or if you like you a, a recipe that you just recently encountered on and you want to share with the, the listeners, just feel free to just let us know. I love it. Well, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm a 
huge fan of the Seattle food scene. We've got some of the best food, I think, you know, obviously on the coast. Totally and agree. It just We're on the national scene, and so you can't go wrong. Right. Um, some of my favorite places right now that I'm really excited about is Opus. Opus is spectacular, mm -hmm. beautiful, approachable, but stunning, really, really nice um, coursed meals. Um, Art of the Table, Dustin, who owns Art of the Table, mm -hmm. was one of my sous chefs, oh. and he's just phenomenal. <laughs> Very innovative, so I love coming and, and, and dining with him. Um, you know, as far as really refined and high-end, Altura is also nice mm -hmm. on a special occasion. Uh, Copine is Copine, spectacular, yeah. spectacular, incredible Manhattan, which is my drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I am a big, big steak person. Um, my my grandmother, who I just absolutely adored, I remember when I was in college, I went to her house, and we were going to go to dinner, and she got in her big, huge red Eldorado car, and it was in the middle of the summer, and it was just bright, sunny, you know, and I thought, oh, we're going to go to Anthony's, or we'll be out somewhere, you know, on a patio, and she rolls up to the Stuart Anderson Steakhouse, and I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so I'm like, really? Really? And my grandma was fabulous, big hair in the whole bit, and she's like, oh, Alyssa, enough with you, just get in, get in. So we go in, you got to adjust your eyes, it's smoky, it's dark you've got the huge booths and we sit down and I'm a little bit crabby because I was thinking we were going to be out on you know a patio somewhere and she looks at me we have the huge menus and she says Alyssa there is nothing better than a good steak in a dark room <laughs> and you know what she was so right and I will tell you yeah. that is something that I really really appreciate and so you know I, I would say like what Butcher's Table is doing, their steaks yeah. are oh, just yes. spectacular mm -hmm. and Ascend is amazing mm -hmm. so Two really, really, really spectacular steakhouses that have refined and elevated that whole experience. So um, that's been great. And then I'll tell you what, I also like really good old school Seattle. I love Vito's, you know, mm -hmm. I love the pasta and the yeah. jazz. Okay. I like Randy's Diner, you know, down on, <laughs> down on Airport Way. I connect yeah. business meetings at Randy's Diner, <laughs> you know, in the booths that have, you know, the duct tape that matches the color of the booth. Yeah. But, but I have some respect for these operators who know who they are and they just mm -hmm. do it and they do it every day and, you know. I, I have a lot of respect for that. So it's a, it's a whole spectrum. I hope the listeners wrote all that down because those are some <laughs> yeah. really good recommendations. <laughs> really good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having us, Alyssa. Oh, thank you. Really? I really appreciate you coming down. Yeah. It's exciting for us. So thank so, you. Thank you so much for letting us tour the entire factory. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm welcome. ready to dig into all this food. Yeah. So, good. Thank good. you so much. Thank you. Great. <laughs> And that's our interview with Alyssa Lanolin. And Nelson, I don't know about you, but I had a really great time. At first, you know, when we were visiting, I'm just like, oh, wow, we're visiting a production facility. But they really went all out and we got to meet some of the workers and see everything in production and um, really love the heart and soul of that company. Everybody looks so happy working there. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, you don't see that a lot mm -hmm. in, in places that you work at. Mm -hmm. I, I know from experience. So everybody just looks so happy and they're glad that they're working there and they just they just have a great time. And I like it. And like Alyssa says, at 10 a.m., they all get together to just hang out for, for a good 15 minutes or 30 minutes just to hang out. Not a lot of companies do that. Yeah. I think that's great. Absolutely. That's pretty much all of our show. Listeners, again, we can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for listening and following along. It's been 26 awesome episodes. St. Patty's Day, Sunday. Guys, wear your green. Don't get pinched. Do people still do that? I yes, don't know. people still do that. <laughs> people still do that. Okay. So it's just not, 
Man, I, there was one time when I was a kid in elementary school, I came in with like a blue sweatshirt and I was like, man, what's going on? People are pinching me. I hate it. And I don't, don't, don't pinch me guys. I might, you might get a left hook from me or something like that. So, that's, a, that's a PTSD reflex or something. No. <laughs> All right, guys, everybody drink responsibly, be safe out there, wear lots of green, have a fun time, eat lots of corned beef and hash. What other Irish traditions are Irish American traditions are there? there don't drink the don't drink the green water. I don't know. <laughs> just... I don't drink the green water. <laughs> we... <laughs> what? Don't isn't uh, in Chicago they they dye the whole entire Chicago River Walk like totally. green? Well, first of all, you should never be drinking water that comes out of, like a public fountain anyway. Like, very true. I, very true. Never, but. Yeah, yeah. Very true, but to each their own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. That, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.